you, you know you could still comb your hair just because you're doing shitty and oh just relax bro this is called 12 hour days for the last three weeks all right that's nothing to do with tottenham if it was about tottenham you could tell us Enzo. it's not about tottenham i have a question and it's a genuine question it's mm-hmm. not i'm not trying to like uh, take the shit out of you mm-hmm. was was the loss this week harder or was the loss last week harder like which one was harder to, harder to take on well, the last week's one because last week's was harder because of what happened in that and i said this to you i could we could drop four we could drop uh 12 points in the next four games which we've already dropped six and now we've done the six playing villa next playing c after that so so it, is, so it is true first cut is the deepest that's a that is a true statement yeah it's a true statement well especially first the way it was deepest. cut Oof. okay sorry to hear that yeah i'm sure you are you know what on the upside is that you should be uh, happy that we kept City to a point and we're keeping yeah. the, we're keeping it all kind of tight. It's really tight up there, man. It's really tight up on the top of the league. You got you got everyone. You have Chelsea to thank for that. Draw against Liverpool. Draw against Arsenal. Win against Tottenham. Draw against City. What is that sound? I was lifting my desk. <laughs> 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 Oh it's God. the opposite of what Tottenham's going to do on their table. <laughs> you know what's drop. really funny? It's like my fantasy league team is mirroring Tottenham right now. Do you think it's because you have Tottenham players on your fantasy team? Only on one of them. The other one, I only have one. You know where it was downhill for you? Oh, go, I can tell you the exact point. Go where on. you meet the team of the year and you play just a bunch of Tottenham players. That isn't even a flaw from where we were, honestly, from that point. That was the team of the year for to that point. It, it was you being cocky. No, that was me being honest and slightly biased. It wasn't cocky. It was being biased. Like if you put out a team of the year and it was La Liga. No, sorry. Scratch that. If it was Arsenal, you would have put a bunch of Arsenal players in there. You know what though? What I will say is that's why you don't talk team of the year four weeks into a season. Well, no, that wasn't team of the year. I didn't tell you that. I said that was what was up to that point. So far, I know, I know, I know. Right. I would include Nicholas Jackson, a Cole Palmer. <laughs> okay. All right, hello, and welcome to episode 17 of Draft Offsides with Tico and Enzo. My name is Keith. 17 episodes in, Tottenham, two losses. Enzo, how are we doing? Why you got to start with that? I don't understand what we got to start with. It's, been a t- it's, it's the premiership. It's topsy-turvy. This is what happens. And I can't even say it's because Tottenham's playing bad. It's literally because we've had one really bad game with injuries and suspensions, and we don't have anyone till January. And we've got no money to spend in January. So thanks, Levy. You don't have any money to spend in January? That's not us. That's, that's why I heard. Really? That's why I heard. Wow. I mean, you guys, like, it, it is kind of overshadowed. You guys did spend quite a bit of money in the summer. Like, you know, it's kind of overshadowed by Kane leaving and stuff, but, like, you bought a good amount of players. It's, we got Solomon for free. We got Vicario for like seventeen million. Udogu we had from last season on loan. We had uh, Poro. We already we we already had. We just it was Van der Ven. We only signed for I think like twenty million. I think you guys spent a hundred mil in the summer. Yeah, but for the amount of players we got, like we got Brennan Johnson, Solomon. You got Madison, Van der Ven, Vicario. Yeah, um, I'm just saying 100 mils. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying like it's a judgment. I'm just saying that that's a, that is a good amount of money. It's a good amount of money, but then yeah. we also sold Harry Kane for 100 mil. So where yeah. the hell's the money? True. Um, I feel like uh, this loss kind of made it feel like 
the the pipe dream of a Tottenham title push was maybe a little, you know, just with uh with how light you guys are in personnel and everything, it starts to feel a lot harder. Well, we knew that was we knew that we said that at the beginning of, I know. of one of our first few. It's just we knew something was going to happen. I just didn't know it was going to be this drastic in one game. Yeah, I mean, we knew it, but like you kind of always believed when you were still winning. And I think now after these losses, it starts to sink in a little bit. No. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It's like, well, we're in fifth, we're in fourth now. Villa's behind us, and we got them next. So we'll see. It, it's yeah. Well, we'll see. Three points. But the worst thing about Tottenham is they lack the depth. So when matters goes down, I think those games are going to be very difficult for you guys compared to everyone else in the top four. It's not as big. Honestly. Of a hit. I think we have what it takes to create up top. It's like I yelled in the chat room. It's Eric Diarrhea and it's Ben fixing my hair, Davies. Like, it, this is how bad it is. If Davies has to cover you in the back because you're not fast enough to do this high line, we've got a fucking problem. Yeah, it also doesn't help when like your midfield was like Madison, and you know, and then all of a sudden like Hoiberg just replaces him like for like. I thought it was a bad choice in center midfielders. I didn't, I didn't like Hoiberg with Suma and Saw. I would have much rather seen Lacelso in there, or or even maybe bringing Brian uh, Brennan Johnson down and playing Brian Gill on the left. You know what I mean? Just for okay. a little bit of creativity. Yeah. It wasn't. Well, sorry, we're kind of you guys. We're getting a little sidetracked. Um, how was the week overall? Like, what, what what are we feeling like after some of those matches? There was uh, obviously a good Chelsea game. There's that upset with Tottenham, which is pretty shocking. Um, everything else is pretty chalky, though, right? There's nothing else that was kind of out of the pale. Newcastle losing to Bournemouth uh, 2-0. Oh yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. That was shocking. That was that was shocking. Um, Brighton Brighton with that draw, they went up so they went up in that game so early. I thought they were going to cruise, and they just could not make it happen. They're, they're, they're struggling with injuries. All these teams like, you know, Newcastle, Brighton, these teams that are playing in Europe, they're having a hard time. Mm-hmm. The Crystal Everton uh, match as well, you you would think Crystal would have been good. You've been talking about their defense, but Everton put in three. And I feel like every time you play uh, Crystal Palace defenders or goalkeeper Keith, they let in like a bunch of goals. I know. It's literally, it's like a running joke now at this point. The second This is the second time I've started Sam Johnson and he's gone negative. And then when every time I don't start him, he uh, does puts up like eighteen. Pretty classic. Honestly, even the Chelsea Man City game, that being such a high scoring game on both sides was was really entertaining and quite surprising. But it was a really good game. Pretty good amount of goals this week, actually, when you think about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun. All right, so we hopping to Suds and Duds. Let's yeah. go. All right. First one, Dominic Solanke from Bournemouth. So we mentioned the game. It was probably the upset of the uh, upset of the week. He Stolanke put in two goals. He had 32.5 points versus projected of thirteen point eight eight. He did score both of those goals. Is for the highest total for him for the year, and it was the highest uh, total for the week. You're looking at this Newcastle team. I think that's the first thing you got to point to, right? Is like they started a guy who got his, the center mid who had his Premier League debut. Like Almiron got injured. You know, there was like I think they're 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 a pretty depleted side. Did you guys see that video of like Kieran Trippier arguing with? some guys in the crowd after no i didn't see yeah, that not a good look not a good look but also like you kind of get it like they're like they have so many injuries and these guys like like i don't know enzo for example i don't i feel like the tottenham fans aren't 
coming down hard on the players right now. No, they're not. No. Yeah, give it I feel time. Like that's, yeah, you think so? Yeah. Was... I mean, I mean, with anyone, give it time. But I just feel like for for Newcastle, like they're playing so many more games than they're used to playing, and they have so many injuries. It's kind of unfair to be pissed at them. I feel like those guys. It's like it's like they're not trying. You don't get the sense they're not trying. Well, look, f- most football fans are unforgiving. You know what I mean? They're, and they're they're very reactive. So Newcastle had a great run, but as soon as they saw him, and they lost to Bournemouth, they're upset because they lost to Bournemouth. It's not like they lost to a mid-table team or someone else right behind them. They lost to Bournemouth. Yeah, but Solanke just he just looked really good, and like they they look good from the rip. Like right from the start of that game, I was I thought like, oh shit, this could be an upset. Like that's literally what that game just felt like from the very beginning. Newcastle looked off. They looked a step slow. Yeah, but I, I just I have to point to the I have to point to the team that was out there. Shar was kind of Shar got hobbled pretty early. Lewis Hall got yanked at halftime. Uh, that might have been an injury. Well, they didn't have a striker. But yeah, Newcastle didn't have a striker on the field, so it's just a little bit of a freak game. But Solanke took his chances. Got to got to give it to him. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he he was he's been he's been proving to be like a pretty useful guy. That's like maybe your third forward. So maybe you play him depending on what else is going on. Yeah. He's in that like third tier of strikers that you start. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next one. Constantino Simakis, the Liverpool left back. So he came in at 30.75 points. He was projected to have 10.42. He was the high scoring defensive player for the week. Um, coming into the week, he had 28.75 points. So he matched and exceeded his year-to-date total. Obviously, he wasn't starting. And he had two assists for the game. So this is something to keep an eye out for. I think we mentioned him last week, too. He played well. So when um, uh, uh, Anderson comes back, uh, who will be in the left back? So this is something Robertson. to keep an eye out for. Uh, Robertson, Robertson, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, and so you brought it up just how how when he came on last week because Gomez started last week and then Samakas came on and like looked so much more like lively and attacking, and it seemed like he just carried that on this week and just continued to be such a force up there. I guess he he seems like he's the long term successor for Robertson at this rate. It does, it, it, but he's more to what their starter player player is on the left back. Um, I think I think they were just trying to rest him maybe. Um, because Gomez didn't look right on that on that left hand side, so I think Klopp will realize that, and he's a, you know he's a good coach, so he'll probably just stick with Simikas. Yeah, you roll with him until Robertson comes back, and even then, like Robertson might have a hard time getting his place back if Simikas. This this has been a few really good performances in a row. I think this is like he had a really good game, then he came in in the second half of the previous game, had a good game, and then this game he had a phenomenal game. So definitely someone to keep an eye on. I think he's definitely viable. I think the only fear is. It's just the uncertainty when Robertson comes back because Robertson yeah. is a leader on the team, so it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to not bench him, huh? Yeah, Robertson. It's going to be hard to bench Robertson if you're Klopp. If he goes with form, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Next on the list, a name that is music to my ears, <laughs> James Ward Prowse. Uh, he finally had a good game, 25.5 points, expected to have 15.27. Uh, he was single-digit scoring in three of the last four weeks, so he did break out of the funk. He had two, uh, two assists. And I know he's been a topic of conversation a lot for us, and uh, I go to him for my JWP analysis that uh, he played differently this week. You mentioned last week he was not as involved in the attack. Yeah, I mean, I mean, both assists came from corners, right? Mm-hmm. So there's not many games where that's going to happen. But, I mean, that's what he does. I mean, he's just known. He's a set-piece specialist. 
So I think in the early part of the season, he was getting involved in like run of play goals as well. And we might not get that as much, but like this is always on the cards for James Ward VP. But I think the fear is without these two assists, whereas he, he's maybe getting like 10 points. Uh, yeah. Assists are about six. So yeah, like 12, 12, 13 points. Yeah. Which would still be, I, I would have been really happy with 12, 13 after yeah, the last few fun. weeks. You that's know, that would have, have been totally fine. That, yeah, to Enzo's high standards, that would be, you know, that would have been passing, a passing great. No, but phenomenal. I mean, I, I, I think any team would be pretty upset giving up two set-piece goals in one game, you know? So I, I don't think that's going to happen all the time. But, like, that's just what that's what James Ward-Prowse does. He's just a beast when it comes to free kicks, corner kicks, all those kicks. <laughs> Yeah, do you know? You know what's funny? I tried to trade him away this week to two different people. Yeah, and yeah. Tico sent me a pretty uh, messed up trade this week. Messed up, like just like lopsided. He's, no, he's just trying to. He's just trolling. What are you talking about? I'm trying to help you out. You have an injured team, man. Yeah, he's trolling, brother. Trolling. What was the trade? Now I'm curious. Go on, go on, Tico. Tell him the trade. So I know he has a lot of injuries, so I tried to help him out. So I said, I'll take matters and his injury for the next two months, and I'll give you Nico Jackson, who scored again. Okay, I mean, that's just, you're just fucking with him at that point. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just fun. fucking with me. He is, he's just fucking with me. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> um, honorable mention, Vinker, Victor Lindelof. Yeah, tw- yeah, he came in with 24.75 points, uh, scored the goal, roster only in 14% on fan tracks. And um, we'll talk more a little bit about Manchester United, but they've been having a lot of clean sheets. Uh, they're f- fifth on uh, sixth on the table, which I kind of was surprised by it. Wow. But really? it kind of, yeah. It's, uh, but I, th- I think he might have some value. Uh, looks like Varane and uh, Tanaka have been, had a falling out or something's going on there because he's saying he's healthy, but he's not playing Varane. So it might be someone to keep an eye out for. Yeah, Lindelof, he got a goal. So you're not going to get that every week. But like the exactly what you're saying, United's been kind of known for keeping some clean sheets. So so if you're chasing those, I think all with defenders, you're always kind of chasing the team that's keeping clean sheets. It's so hard to watch them. They got a minus three goal difference. That is crazy. Well, they, got, they, got, they got whacked a few times. huh? They got beat mm-hmm. up pretty bad. And the, all their wins have been by one goal. Mate, they've only yes. scored 13 goals. Bloody hell. It's 12 of them by Hojland? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy that they've let in they've let in sixteen. They scored thirteen. Okay. Yeah. That's rough. That's rough. Yeah, Lindelof. I, I mean, yeah. I picked up Harry Maguire this week in one of our leagues. <laughs> you nutcase. <laughs> hey, it worked. I, I think he had like eighteen too. points. He had like fourteen, yeah. So Ooh, it worked. Bloody but, hell. Well. Okay, Duds, moving on. Dijon Kulisevsky, after a strong week last week, kind of hit hit rock bottom here, huh? Only one point, a projected 13.4 points. They were going up against a side that was not the strongest, uh, missing their best player, like Enzo point out, pointed out last week. And I felt like it was his chance kind of missing players to kind of step up and uh, have a good game. But disappointing game. Most of Tottenham didn't do well uh, fantasy-wise, but Kula came in with one point. Do you think they almost like that early goal kind of made them complacent? I must work. I must think that if they wouldn't have scored that early goal, they would have maybe went on to win that. You don't think that? You thought no, they just were bad from the rip. As soon as we we got the early goal, I think that was just catching Wolves with their pants down. 
And then if you just watched it, if you watched the line of the defensive line, we've reverted back to old last season. And you know why we reverted mm. back to last season? Because they can't play that way. Because they put those two center backs in that we had last season who can't but you, play that you don't have any way. other options, really. No, I understand that. I'm just saying yeah. that's why we look poor was because of they, they're not used to that style of play. We have three out of four of our defenders who hadn't played together. Um, it just looks stagnant. We weren't playing aggressive, offensive football like we've seen. Um, there wasn't enough positivity there. So the yeah. attackers got hurt. Are you, are you nervous about the Tottenham attack for the next few weeks then? Yeah, because they're not going to get the same sort of service. It, even Basuma didn't look the same because it felt like he felt – you could see that he felt like he had to sit back deeper and not break through because he didn't. He doesn't trust those center backs. You can see there's no trust there. So I, it's not surprising, perfectly honest. I saw the score and then I saw the midfield and it, it, it like made sense to me immediately. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I literally woke up and turned on that game and I watched both Wolves goals go in. And it was like, wow. But I saw who the starting midfield was for Tottenham, and I was like, oh, yeah, this makes so much sense. But I think that also hurts all the attackers. When you don't no, have Madison in there, mm-hmm. when you have like when – and then the other guys are having to do a different work. And like Hoiberg is just a great player, does, does his thing really well, but his thing is not creating. Next on the list, Joel Ellington. Uh, we talk, touched a little bit about uh, Newcastle. He came in with one and a half points, projected to have 10.94. Bruno was not playing because of the five yellow cards he got, uh, so he was suspended. And uh, this is a game where they needed some more presence in the uh, midfield. Uh, I thought Newcastle would have won, just like most of us, and I thought that our midfield would produce, but uh, most of them were duds led by Joel Linton. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear like Bruno, how important Bruno Gamarish is for the team, huh? Like, I, I thought that Bournemouth really just like held them to it, and like not having that like really calming presence on the ball in the center of the park, and then also that little bit of fight as you saw the last week with Newcastle, like he can he can get pretty fired up too, so a little bit tough. I'm still not like sure like Joel Ellington, like you know he was obviously he was a striker and like was success- successfully converted to a midfielder, and it seems like now with like the striker issues at Newcastle, he's kind of playing higher up. So it's kind of like a, he's in a weird, weird zone right now, just positionally. Yeah, it's a, it's always going to be tough changing position, to be honest, especially when you've been used to it. But I think he did a good job last season. I just think uh, he was injured earlier. Um, he's just trying to get back into the flow of it. Like you said, they've they got a bunch of injuries, so the, the flow of the game probably wasn't the same. Yeah, and it's not like anyone had a good game for no. Newcastle. I think they're just in a weird state with these midweek games and like – I was, I was listening to one of the announcers and they're saying that like, yeah, like I'm sure some of it's physical, but I'm sure some like physical tiredness, but some of it's like emotional tiredness, you know, like they like go through these like big, like, you know, Champions League nights on a Wednesday and then like emotionally being ready to like come back. If you're not used to that, like having two big games a week, it's probably tough. Yeah. I think it's also having an expectation. Last year they came in, they didn't have high expectations now, whereas the pressure is on them. So those games mean a lot more. Mm. Very true. Yeah, very true. All right, next on the list, He Chan Wong, Wolves. He only had three points, projected to have 11.61. Uh, he actually had a streak of five uh, five games in a row with double-digit scoring, and he either scored or assisted in those five games. So if you told me he was not going to score or assist, I would assume the Wolves lost. But somehow yeah. the Wolves still won. Yeah, and, you're right. Uh, yeah. That's funny. And so what do you think? I think he was just playing out of position the first half. You saw when he moved to the left in the second half, which was more of his position. He actually did play better, so he probably got his point from there. Um, he was just out of position, I feel. He wasn't able to 
do what he usually does. But when he went to that left-hand side, he was more productive. Yeah, I'm not worried about it yet. I mean, I like that was a hot streak. Wong was obviously on a hot streak, and that might still keep going. He's clearly a really good player. But like you also you can't expect him to score assists in every game. So having five in a row, he's doing that was obviously a little out of the norm. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if he if he doesn't score an assist in the next next week though. You know, I'm not like I don't think it's like he's gonna bounce right back necessarily. But that is what it is. I mean, they play Fulham next, so that is a game where you would you would hope that there's some scoring opportunity there. Yeah, but I'm I'm not stressed about it. I'm still starting him. Dishonorable mention, Kieran Trippier. Uh, came in with negative three points against a terrible side that only had one uh, win coming in, Bortmut. Um, I I just highlighted him because he is a first-round player. He's one of the top players in the fantasy. And also the build-up he had afterwards with the fans, just the argument, was I felt it was a little out of character. So he made the dishonorable mention. Yeah, is this the second? Was he on there last week too? No. Not last week. I think he was on there like three weeks ago. Okay, so it's not like back-to-back. But yeah, I just, I mean, just rough, rough week for them. They just did not look good. Newcastle having a few different names on here, just tough. But Trippier still a beast. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. We can move on. Um, I want to call out one name that I just, I've kind of been noticing, and um, last two weeks have been really good. But I think he just slid into like the top fifteen. Is uh, Connor Gallagher, surprisingly, like you know, like it's he's the last two weeks he's been in the twenties, but. Like the last like five weeks before that, he was double digits in every single game. Told you he was a baller. He's a baller. I mean, he's yeah, he's good. I just I I'm like really impressed. I'm really impressed that he's really made that position his, and and I think he's probably sneakily winning a lot of people games every week. Yeah, he's a good player, man. You know, I like Conor Gallagher. I think he's a really good player. Yeah, me too. Big, I, I like I like the hustle guys. Mm-hmm. You know, guys that work their socks off. You got to respect oh, yeah. that. Reminds me of you, Keith. That's why I like him. Yeah. All right, moving on to the game recaps. Wolves two, Tottenham one. Tottenham scored early. It was up the entire game. Wasn't able to create much, but kind of held on. And then in extra time, Wolves scored twice. Go ahead. Brennan Johnson got the early goal, and then Sarabia scored an absolute banger, and then assisted. Had a really good pass for an assist on the second one too. So very, really impressed with that. Yeah. Um. Put my foot. Might put my foot in my mouth. Obviously, last week. Um, honestly, watching we scored early. Like I said, we we caught with their pants down. That was our first shot on target. Our next shot on target didn't come to the 80th minute, which is uh, unimpressive for an attacking front. I think Sun only had one shot, which uh, was actually blocked, so it wasn't even on target. It was a tough game. Um, Wolves were the more creative team. Um, they made the right subs. I think they had more energy. They wanted it more. Uh, Cunha played a really good game. Um, yeah, Poro, Poro and Brennan Johnson only because they got the goal and the assist. They were only two players that actually got in double digits, I see from the notes. Um, but yeah, we got, we got a difficult, difficult run of games. It's November, so we got a difficult run of games. Okay, I'm going to read them for you. So it's Villa, City, West Ham, Newcastle are your next four. Whew. West Ham's not nope. easy. You know, that's not easy. Like, they, they're going to sit back and counter. They like, West Ham likes playing against mm-hmm. good teams. I see your note here. Are we? Uh, are you like thinking about benching defenders if you have them? Like if you have like a Udagi or More defenders. Like you're not you're not picking up you're not picking up Eric Dyer. Right? You're not no. picking up. Yeah. So they have those difficult games coming up. They're, I don't see them having any clean sheets. I don't see them the defenders producing a lot because if they're gonna they're not gonna offer a lot in the attacking half. So they're probably gonna be sitting on the d- defensive side counterattack. So 
I don't think the defenders are going to have a lot of value for them. So um, the, until the injuries are over with Tottenham, I don't know how much value their overall players have, not just defenders. With the exception of maybe Son and Brandon Johnson and Kulusevski, that's probably the only three I see. And even Kulusevski, like we're talking, he's had a few bad weeks. Or yeah. he scored a goal last week, but it's 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 not even about it's going to be his performances. How how many touches is he going to have in the opposition half and in their box? Like you looked at Sun, and we've seen Sun be quiet for all games and then score a couple of goals. He's not going to get those balls. He's not going to be fed the way he was being fed before Madison. So I completely agree that a lot of these Tottenham players that you have. I wouldn't start right now. Do you see a scenario where Son doesn't play the striker anymore and they put someone else up there and drop Son back a little bit just to help out in the middle? But that's not really Son's game. Son's not really the the creator from a midfield role. I don't think he'd work there. He's more... If you're going to put him anywhere, you put him on the wing. And, on the wing. And that's it. Um, you wouldn't put him in a, a midfield role. I think in a perfect world... Enzo already brought it up. But I think in a perfect world, Lo could fill in for Madison and like do that. But it, I'm not sure. And just might not trust him or... Might not be there yet. If I can, but... if I can be honest, La Celso doesn't look strong enough, like physically. Strong I mean, enough. not as, okay. as Gill, yeah. in my opinion. They're, they're good players. They're talented. But in the Premiership, you've got to be strong. And I don't think they're strong. Fair enough. Moving over to Wolves, uh, Sarabia, do you think he's uh, he got subbed on? He got subbed on and made a big impact straight away. It was a great run. Uh, Eric Dyer got caught with his uh, sleeping. Um, and Ben Davis is there trying to block it, and he couldn't get there every time. So... It was a great run. Are you, are you interested in picking up Sarabia in any context? Like, you know, like I think f- forwards are so hard to like, you know, the second they, they start scoring goals, it's already too late. So sometimes you got to preempt them. You got to maybe throw them on it. If you have a spot on a bench, would that be an interesting one? It's, it's so hard to do that. Like, I just, I literally just dropped Ansu Fati this week because he was coming off the bench so much and he was scoring, but it's, it's so sporadic. You don't know how many minutes they're going to get and how many opportunities they get off the bench. Um, I, I was a big believer in Sarabi. I thought Sarabi was a really good player at the beginning of the season. He would get more starts. But this, as the season's gone on, he's come off the bench more often than not. Got it. Yeah, I was just thinking with these injuries, maybe maybe there's a chance he gets more playing time. But who knows? He only had one assist coming into the game. And what's crazy is he's officially, he only played two minutes. That's what he's credited for, two minutes. <laughs> crazy. That is crazy. All right, should we be uh, merciful and move on? Tico? I mean, he's the one who beat you down, uh, Keith, when Chelsea was losing. It's your decision. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a merciful man. Let's move on. Crystal Palace 2, Everton 3. Eze with a goal, his second of the year. He, this is his first start since he came back from that injury. Um, converted a penalty. Looked pretty lively. He very well could have had a red. He got a yellow. and He maybe could have had a second yellow, I thought. Other than that, like pretty entertaining game overall. Pretty back and forth. I did not expect. Uh, I think. I think the early goal, the early goal for Everton, made this game feel a little, like make, made it a little crazy, right? Because I think Crystal Palace is kind of trying to control the game, and then when Nikolenko scored like that, it just it turned it into a little bit of like a silly season game. I think that's his third you know? goal in three games in a row. Yeah, right, Tico. You know, because you picked him up. I actually picked him up right before I was playing you in one of the leagues. Uh, I know he scored yeah. last week. Uh, yeah, that's three uh, in three weeks. Yeah, he scored three in a row. He's hot. Yes, he is. So hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, I thought to Corey, I've always really liked to Corey, and he, he obviously scored a huge goal for them, Everton, to keep them up last year. He's a pretty he's a pretty fun player to watch too for Everton. Everton's been surprising. They had a bad start, but they've they've been surprising us with a couple of their results. Um, 
I think we said, or Tico, I think Tico might have said he didn't think that Crystal Palace was going to lose this game last week because um, they haven't been playing so poorly here and there. But Evan's been showing some fight. Their players are in, their players are definitely interesting. From Ghana to Harrison, Harrison had a good game. I think he scored a few points. Um, Harrison's another guy, like another hustle guy. Yeah, he's always running up and down the field. It's that lead mentality. Yeah, Crystal Palace. It was really nice to see Elise get on the field for the second half of the game, for second part. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he can start to contribute. Other than that, though, I think with Eze, Elise, um, I think Schlepp is probably not a starter, not viable right now. I'm a little nervous about that defense until I see better because this is the second game in a row that they've kind of – or no, they were good last week actually. But they're just like – they haven't been as strong as they were at the start of the season. So it's a little bit to be mindful Yeah, of. it's a little bit surprising too because Eze's come back. You just said to mention Elise, so you thought they got their attacking options back so they'd be, they'd be winning more – get like scoring more goals and keeping – their defense was so good. But it looks like they've been leaking goals the last few games. I will say though they have a they have a get right game next week against or next not next week but after the international break versus Luton Town, so I would still probably bet on my Crystal Palace defenders and Crystal Palace guys. As far as Everton go, I think you, like those same names are still in the mix, huh? For them, like Calvert Lewin, Dwight McNeil, Harrison, Decore. I think the only almost the concern with Everton is you don't know who's going to be the one that's scoring points. No, Mikhail- like, you know someone's going to get some points on that team. Mikhailenko, it's not man. like other teams where you know. Yeah, that's what I mean too, Mikhailenko. But yeah, Everton's been funny. Uh, the team doesn't even if the team doesn't play well, usually they put up fantasy value. Yeah, which is good. That's a good thing. Those are the te- those are the teams that you want to pick up guys from because they could probably get overlooked by other people in your league. Okay, moving on. Next game: Manchester United one, Luton Town zero. Um, nothing really noteworthy on the Luton Town side. Seems like nothing to really talk about. We talked about Lindelof scoring 27. R- very lightly rostered. Might be worth noting. Um, I, I talked about how I picked up Maguire in a league. I kind of did it because I thought it was kind of funny. You know? Like, it's kind of fun. <laughs> but do you remember at the beginning of the season we were drafting like someone picked up Harry Maguire as a troll as their, like, as their last, last pick? Was that you, Tico? No, that was not me. Are you sure? I think it was you. I think it yeah, was. Yeah, you. you know what? It was me. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it was like a ha ha. Like oh, this is so funny. But now like McGuire's had like very some very viable weeks back to back. Now it's been doing pretty well. Yeah. So kind of funny. It's funny how quickly things can change in uh, in football. In this game. The Premiership. Very funny. Nuts. Huh? Like th- thinking about like a like a Mason Mount just being like literally like droppable. Now. Mm-hmm. Not even trade worthy. Not even trade worthy. Nope. Like no one, no one wants to even have him right on their bench. The only thing I'll mention about this game is Manchester United won one nil against Lewin Town, and it's, it's it's just not convincing. But they're pulling they're pulling wins out of their ass, and like you said, what they what did you say? They're six. That's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. I and, think like you like you look at those metrics of like overperforming and underperforming teams. They are like overperforming to like an exceptional amount. Like they've been overperforming their xG. And like you know, like they're like what the how they should be performing. It's just like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they won four of the last five. Two of them shutouts. The only loss they had was against Man City, which everyone expected. Uh, I watched this game. It was not convincing whatsoever. They did not look good. Bruno Fernandez didn't look good. Uh, Rashford Rash- started on the. He started on the right side, which I was surprised. They put Garnacho on the left, but then when uh, Garnacho came off, uh, Rashford moved back to the left. He had that one chance. Hojlund uh, gave him a pass, but you could tell he was hesitant. He could have just one time didn't kick oh, it man. in. That was so hard to watch. Like him missing that was just so sad. Mm. 
And I think I, it's just I, the confidence thing for him at this point. I also want to point out that like Man United has won four of the last five, but that, that four was against Brentford, Sheffield United, Fulham, and then Luton Town. It's not like those are like hyper attacking teams. You know what I mean? I think like against like better teams like City, mm-hmm. like they did lose three nil too. I think they're gonna like face some tough tests. But like lucky for them, they have Everton next. Yeah. So well, we'll see. You know, we'll see how that goes. We'll see yeah, how we'll that see. And, that uh, might be a that might be a fun upset. Like that might be worth like throwing a bet down on. Dude, I lost so much money this weekend. This fucking weekend was nuts. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> lost so much. No, I didn't bet on. Tot- I didn't bet on Tottenham because I knew better than bet on Tottenham. I bet on a couple other games. But Oof. just, I just want to read this note. Hoyland, no goals and went off with an injury. Is there an injury clause in our bet? No, there's not. That is football. Um, I actually feel like now might be a good time to start trying to like trade trade for Hoyland. <laughs> Would not trade for that motherfucker. Really? Bo- I mean, you can get you can get like you can get some really like people just are desperate to get rid of him. You get like tra- trade like Jao Pedro for him or like you know something wacky and people are just like yeah fuck it get this guy off my team. Fuck and, no. And like in like a month. I no. feel like he's gonna start performing. He's only look. He's only scoring in Champions League. That doesn't count for fan tracks. But it it shows that he can do it. In it shows Champions that he's just not like a total. Oh, he's not a chump. So Keith, I've actually been trying to trade for him for like the past month. Derek Hazen, who's a, yeah, Derek Hazen, who's a big Manchester United fan. I off like I'm offering good players just to see what the line is for him to say yes. And he said, "Just leave me alone. I'm not trading Hojland." Really, I love yeah. Derek. I fucking love that. Yeah. Would you? Yeah, he's, he's last place. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think he's. I played it this week. I think he scored like thirty points. Yeah, I think. I think he's, <laughs> he's busy. So, <laughs> uh, Mania Hoj- is not good, so he's suddenly yeah. busy. Yeah. We actually laugh at uh, Hojin not scoring. You know, it's been an ongoing joke, but I do think it's if he does miss time, it's going to be crucial for them because the replacement is just trash. Martial, who's just not good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Hojun does cause a disturbance, so we'll see. He does. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Enzo's Enzo's the one that's kind of on like on the anti Hojun train. Like, where I'm kind of like sympathetic. I think he has looked good. So he'll get there. Um, I, I this is another interesting note. Man United had six players scoring double digits, including Onana, who is now the fourth highest scoring goalkeeper. Yeah, that's, that's, I didn't know. Not I did not know that. And it's literally because they played shit teams and it had the clean sheets. That's they it. They've had a good run. They've had yeah, a good run. That's it. They've had a good run. Whoever they play ahead um, of them on the table, they lose. So, but like, what what Man United attackers are you excited about? None. None. What Bruno. Man United midfielders are you excited about? None. But you're not excited. You're not even excited. You've, where you drafted Bruno right now, you're just like, oh shit. Like, I guess I'm stuck with this, and like, hopefully, he puts up ten points. But he but he he still manages most of the time to put up ten plus points. Yeah. Where is he in the in the top? Is he in the top twenty? I doubt it. But maybe. Uh, I no, think he's top he twenty. Uh, he's eight. He's top ten. He's eight. Yeah. Still he first round pick. Yeah. But going where he went second. Overall, I guess you're fine. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's not. He's not costing you. He, he's not the reason you're losing. No. He's, he's probably the reason you're not winning your league. Was that? Why like, I doubt there's a lot of. I doubt there's a lot of guys that have Bruno that are. In first place, in like Keith has a lot of microaggressions. That's why I feel some. That was a microaggression right there. <laughs> well, I, tra- I traded Bruno. I got rid of him. I-, I saw the writing on the wall a long time ago. I traded for Bruno, and I won four weeks in a row. Again, look, okay. microaggressions. I'm-, I'm feeling attacked right now. I uh, yeah, I guess I'm. I'm pretty. That's kind of my thing. I do love. A- <laughs> I do love a good microaggression. Should- you talk to my wife about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> all right, moving on. Next game. Arsenal 3, Burnley 1. Arsenal scored three goals led by the defense. Zinchenko and Saliba both scored. Trossard had a good one. I had him Gets on my start, freaking scored bench. A goal. God, Brownhill pulled one back for Burnley. Kind of cruise control for Arsenal, don't you think? Look, Arsenal's been playing good all season, can I be honest? They've been playing good all season. There's been a couple of games where they've, you know, seemed flat, but when they've played well and they've scored, they've got those goals in, they've looked good. Like Trossard coming in, that's why they bought him last season was to, you know, have an impact on the team and he's going to do it this season. Um, Zinchenko's probably the one I'm, I'm surprised about getting his first goal. Um, he's been, he was out injured and then I think he got dropped. Um, but Arsenal have looked good this season. The one that, the one that's probably even more surprised is Saka not performing. He's still playing in good games. I just don't think it's, uh, what we expected. I expect we expected a little bit more. I mean, he scored 16 and a half this week. I feel like he's like a top 10 player. He's the uh, he's ranked third overall, and he's the best midfielder, ranked number one. But he's also uh, Odegaard is the one who's been underperforming for that. Uh, oh, he's been Odegaard, out. Who's, even when he was playing, he's been out the last two weeks. But even when he was playing, he was not putting up great numbers. Trussard mm. uh, got the star, which we talked about in uh, preseason. You know, that's something to keep an eye out for. He finally got the start. He delivered. He scored that um, scored the goal. I think that's something to keep an eye moving forward. Um, even when Jesus comes back, did you guys see the comments after uh, after the game Arteta had about VAR and the refs? <laughs> oh no! What did he say? So he's like, "You guys should ask me about VAR this week because Vieira got a red. They went to the replay. He said he it was the right decision. They did their job. The refs. He was just super complimentary of the process and them doing their job. Oh my god, that guy! What a loser! I can't stand him. Can't stand him. Were there any? Were there any really bad VAR decisions this week at all? You know what? I've, what I've noticed, they've been letting the game play a lot more. Like you were talking about earlier about the second yellow card they could have got. I think the same thing happened in the Tottenham game where there was a questionable foul by a Tottenham player after he, I think it was Basuma. They've been. I think this this they're like walking on eggshells. The referees. Yeah, they're terrified. They're literally just petrified. They do not want their names in the, the mouths of every single person on the planet, which is who they are right now. A mm-hmm. notable Ben White didn't play. I think he had a little bit of a knock. Something to keep an eye on. Tommy Asu looked good, though. He's solid. He's a solid replacement. He, he's slotted on the right side now. He can play on the right or the left, which is good for them. Uh, yeah, Havertz, again, looked pretty just like a passenger. Just not super involved. You kind of you kind of start to feel bad for him. Gabriel Martinelli looked good again and scored again. Like he's been somewhat slow, but this is like the third week in a row of him double digits. So he's at what the last three weeks of 13, 18, 13 point was. So not great, but you're just you're feeling better about it because there was a while there with the injury and stuff where you were getting a little nervous about him. Anyone on the Burnley side? Absolutely not. No. Again, Kolyosha like has his moments where he looks really good, but he's not like. Uh, they're not translating into like impactful moments. No. But you think that maybe he's someone for the future to keep an eye on. I could see him being a good player down the line somewhere. Okay, next game. AFC Bournemouth 2, Newcastle United 0. We kind of talked about this week, this a little earlier. Upset of the week. Newcastle did not look good. No Isak, no Bruno, no Callum Wilson, no um, Botman, no, and no Dan Byrne. So how many of that's like what one two three four five guys that would potentially be starting that were all out of out of the team? There's a kid on that team. What's his name? Miley. He got his first uh, first start ever. Center man. Um, he had a pretty high rating. Like I, I didn't really uh, I didn't watch him too closely. But like I don't I don't think he was potentially that bad. But I think it's more just like that's where they're at where they're literally having to like start kids because they're so thin right now with injuries. 
He's 17. Wow. Yeah. And oh. you know, obviously, Solanke got two goals. Uh, he took him well. I didn't think there was anything spe- – was it spectacular? No, right? It was just like two well-taken goals from a striker mm-hmm. who's, a, who's a pro. He's not a young guy anymore. Like He, he just – is good enough to just convert the chances that come to him. Yeah. Feel good about it. I did not like Anthony Gordon in the kind of false nine. I think he's looked good when he's been out on the wing. He can cut in and cause trouble out there. Yeah, I just think think it's, uh, like you said, it's injuries. Having to move players around try to make a, a full 11 and make it work. Are we worried about, like, Newcastle defense has been so good for the last few weeks and, like, there's enough pieces missing now where it's a, it's a different defense. I think you got to have to start thinking about this. Like, this isn't, you know, this isn't the same defense and you can't trust them like you were, you know, like if Botton was out, but then um, Bird was still in and then you're only missing one guy and Luckasell comes in, you feel okay. But like with Botman out, with Dan Byrne out, and then all of a sudden like Lewis Hall or Livermento is playing or Kieran Trippier is having to go to the left side so Livermento can play on the right. All of a sudden that's just changing that whole defense around way too much. I think that's where you're starting to feel a little uh, not good about it. I think they're the happiest for the international break. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Get, get healthy. I will say Joe Willick, I really like. He was really good last year. He I, I had him on my team last year, and he came back from injury, and I feel like he's starting to get worked in. So he could be an interesting guy moving forward, yeah, especially with Tenali out. I think, well, Willick could really benefit from that. Mm-hmm. What were you saying? Enzo, big win for, Burnley, for Bournemouth? Big win for Bournemouth. They got him out of the bottom three. Now it's the three newly promoted teams are in the bottom three, and I think that, must, that might be what we see at the end of the season. Bournemouth had seven players scoring double digits. Wow. Neto, 18.25 points. Highest scoring goalkeeper for the week. Only roster in 17% of leagues. Where's he ranked? No, from goalkeepers, he's ranked six. Oh, you're right. He is, he's ranked... He got the most this week. You're right, my bad. That's pretty good. Six. Two ahead of Sam Johnston. Yeah, Johnston kind of got worked by uh, this week being going negative. A lot of guys a lot of guys moved ahead of him in the rankings. All right. Is that kind of it for this game? Ready to move on? Aston Villa three, Fulham one. Guess who finally got a goal, Tico? Our boy, Raul Jimenez. Raul Jimenez got a goal. Too little, too late. They were down 3-0 to Acevilla. Acevilla were cruising. The American, Anthony Robinson, had a good little run that someone found him from the midfield, and then he crossed it over to Jimenez. But uh, John McGinn scored. That was a, That's two goals in the last three games. He also had an assist in this game. Ollie Watkins scored, and then there was a nice little ball put into Diaby, who I don't even think he got a touch on it, but they gave him an assist for it, which was shocking to me. <laughs> but then it was an own goal. So, yeah. I mean, Villa just looks solid. I mean, not much else to say about it, huh? Like, those guys are they're good, and there's no one – there's no one. There's no surprise packages. Maybe Tielemans starting over Zaniola. Is that the norm now? I don't know. They're two, they're two different players. I think Zaniola had a good run. I just don't think he was as effective as, I guess, uh, uh, he wanted him to be, Emery. Um, Tielemans is a vet in the premiership. Well, he's been, what, so many years in there with Leicester – and now Aston Villa, I think he's a uh, you know he knows how to play the game, and if he, if he fits better for Villa, and they scored three three goals to one, I'm worried about next week. They're probably going to go to town on us. You think so? Yeah, I really do. With that, with their attack, it's, they're going to go to town. I think it's going to be a really fun game because they both Villa and you guys play such a high line. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping you guys do play a high line. I would not. I'm go. hoping that you do it. I hope you play the way that you play. And it's, I hope it's a really fun back and forth game. They also gave up goals. The last time they had a clean sheet was back in September 24th. So they let in goals. Very true. We'll see. Um, are we are we loving John McGinn? Are we, are we just thinking this was kind of like a flash in the pan a little bit? Flash in the pan. 
but he's a still a good player. He's not going to score every time. He's not. That's not his part of his game. He's, he, he do, he'll get a couple of assists still at the end of the season, but he's not going to get you more than what seven, eight goals in a season. He's going to get a couple more, but not every, every every other game. He's having a good run of games. But he's the type of player that is involved in the attack. So even without uh, getting a goal or an assist, I think he's going to be able to contribute to. Uh scoring points let's look at his last one was his one two three four five six games 15 and a half 11 11 14 and a half six and a half 21.5 that's pretty good but the first half of the season it was three 16 seven four one three and a half he's definitely come alive in the second half of the season in a way that he was very not alive in the first half so we'll see we'll see if that trend continues or what's going on there but i, I like john again he's another dude that works really hard Tackles really hard. Has a sweet foot. He seems like the type of guy you'd want in a bar fight with you. Yeah, I think so. Or, or have a few drinks with. E- yeah, either or. Definitely, definitely seems like that type of guy. Anything else, kind of a note? Anthony Robinson had that had that uh, a good assist, but also had the own goal on the Fulham side. I don't really think there's much on Fulham that you're that excited about. Where's Ollie Watkins in the ratings? I think he's been he's also been pretty consistent in the last few games. He's been rising. He's been doing really well uh, for the year. Yeah, he should have, he should have actually had two goals. He had one like whiff on the header, right on the line. Uh, he's fourth overall behind Saka, Salah, Holland. Fourth overall. He's doing pretty good, pretty good. But so is uh, Diaby. He's ranked 16th. And where he was going in leagues, he was going in drafts. He was going at fourth round, fifth round. Yeah, maybe even a little later. That's pretty sweet. Anyone else? Anything noteworthy? Pereira, not very good. Got yanked in the 74th. William. You know, not much happened on Fair Fulham. Okay, next game. Brighton won, Sheffield United won. Adingra scored a beautiful goal early on. Bunch of one-two passes, kind of like passed through the whole te- whole um, Sheffield team and scored. And you thought, at that point, you thought it was going to be... I literally changed it. I changed it to the other game. Because I was like, oh, Brighton's going to just... Yeah, he, they, they covered up the defense. That was a beautiful run in the flick behind the back. It was beautiful goal. And uh, you, I thought they were going to cruise the rest of the way against the... Sh- Sheffield side that's been pretty bad for the year. That wasn't the case though, unfortunately. And then we saw an own goal from Webster in the back. Uh, was there anyone on the Sheffield side? I didn't really, honestly, I didn't watch it after that, so I don't, I didn't really get to see a lot. But was there anyone that was interesting on the Sheffield side? I, I didn't watch the game because just like you, I turned it off. Didn't think it was going to be a great game. Um, just looking at the numbers, nothing really stood out. Uh, we talked about Archer and Hammer uh, recently, but they had duds, and I don't think anyone had a good game on their uh, on the Sheffield side. So it was more just a matter. It was just a, one of those like scrappy games. Yeah, and they they got a draw from an own goal, so that just tells you a lot of it against the uh, ten men side. Sucks for Brighton. I'm I uh, I think I'm I'm a little nervous about Brighton. Like I did, it did not feel great seeing Pascal Gross playing right back. No, like that's not good. That's not good if you're a gross owner, and that's not good if you're anyone that like remotely has people on Brighton, because that just like that just shows how bad the issues are there. And then the the left back was Igor, so we're not we're like Estupian went down midweek, so he came back and then got injured right away. Yep. And then Lamptey, I don't know, he's been non-existent. Is he even on the bench for that? No, he was injured. So he's injured. Yep. The Hood got the red. Ugh, yeah, just tough. I mean. Welcome to playing European European football. Welcome to European football. So you you uh, dropped Fadi before this week started. Yeah, before this week started, then I saw he was fucking starting. I was like, you're such an idiot. But I think it might have saved you. Yeah, because I don't think he did much. No. So it wasn't a bad thing. Six point five points. Yeah, I'm getting a little nervous with my Brighton players. I uh, I would consider like I think Pascal Gross is not an automatic start anymore. Like I used to kind of think like oh Evan Ferguson, Ansu Fadi, Joe Pedro, whoever starts, it's probably worth starting. But I don't know if that's the case anymore with any of those guys. 
until we start to see that team turn it around a little bit. I wonder, do you think it's a case of them kind of, if they finally kind of got found out a little bit, like the Premier League teams figured out how to beat them? I, I think that's what it is. Uh, I think we discussed this uh, previously because they got off to a hot start. They were scoring three, four goals every game. Uh, here, in the first four of the first five games, three goals, three goals, four goals, four goals. And I think that pace at the Premiership, it kind of wears out in the opposition to some, you know, film I you saw. Afterwards, they just kind of spiral down and they haven't scored more than one goal in the last five matches. Um. They've had injuries, and they've had to rotate their defenders. Uh, they've had midfielders playing in defense. I don't think it, they will figure it out because it's the Premiership. So you're gonna you're gonna play a style of football. It doesn't matter what team you are. We can try to figure it out, and you're gonna get figured out here and there. But you're still playing an attacking, tactical game of football. I feel like they don't have the players where they build from the back, and then work their way through. So I, it might be a bit of both. I think Europe is a big big point of it's it a bit of both it's a bit of both yeah. but i feel like yeah. brian's still a good side when they got their their best 11 out there but they don't i think they're like tico was saying i forget who you're saying it for but like this is another team that's very happy for the break very happy like lick their wounds a little bit trying to try and figure out what the fuck is going on because they're just yeah. like they need to just like kind of circle the wagons and see see what the hell's happening yeah. We're also what ten plus games in, so every team has injuries. Every single team has injuries. Yeah, but you can see the teams that have have had the major injuries are are suffering, and the teams that have stayed fit are fine. I mean, I, I don't think any team has been without injuries. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, but I think what and so I think what you're kind of saying is like some of the teams have just been like fared better. It's it's heavier yeah. teams. So look, the look, teams with the deeper pockets. So look at Brian. Yeah, teams the teams with the deep pockets. pockets. So you look at Brian. You know, you see the business they do and the kind of players they buy. I mean, how many players did they sell this transfer last transfer window? Casado, you know, a lot, a lot of good guys. Callister. They sold a bunch of players. You got to remember again, like you said, deep pockets. They don't have the same players. And then once you've had a few injuries, whether it be Brighton, whether it be Newcastle, whether it be Tottenham, all these teams, injuries are going to affect you. Unless you're Man City and got an A team on your bench, you know what I mean? Like, it's going yeah. to be tough. And even the Brighton, like, uh, center backs, like, no no Lewis Dunk. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking, like, Webster. Who would be starting normally in this team of 11 right now? Pascal Gross. Of all eleven guys, and a Dingra maybe, maybe probably not though. A Dingra probably would not be starting over Soli Marsh and CISO. You know what I mean? So we're talking about a, almost a whole team of this is almost like a whole second team. I, for, I forgot about CISO. That's another key. They've they've lost a lot of key players. Yeah. So I'm not gonna jump on Brian. Um, I think they've lost a lot of key players. It's just unfortunate. Okay, moving on. Liverpool three, Brentford zero. Mo Salah double. Scores a header after we say he's bad with his head last week. <laughs> Diego Jota scores. Samakas with two assists. He's averaging 11.3 points in those in these games. Wow, I didn't see that. Nunes starts again. Had two f- goals disallowed because of VAR. One of them as an overhead kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also got an assist. I think he's looked really good. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah. I think he's uh, took a full advantage of Diaz's parents getting kidnapped. Oh my wow. god, that's horrible! <laughs> They're back. He got them back. They're back, so we They're, can make jokes. Now. Yeah, he, he got them back. We're not allowed to make jokes when their lives were. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. They're back. It's good. They're good. I'm just saying, he took full advantage of when Diaz was out, and the, the reason Diaz was out because his parents were kidnapped. So, did you guys see um, the uh, the header by Mo Salah? 
It still didn't look good. No, it was such it a bad head. No. Up his head. <laughs> yeah. That was not that was not someone who's done that a lot. No, he doesn't score his head. I was like I was testing the water. So he's like, oh let me score one like this. I'm su- I'm surprised he didn't have his left foot up in the air trying to freaking knock it in with his foot. <laughs> oh That's man. so funny. Um I picked up Matip this game and started him. That's a good good pickup. Liverpool look, Liverpool were leaking goals at the beginning of the season and now it looks like they keep keeping clean sheets left, right, and center. Yeah, I thought that was good. Um it's what, interesting. So was McAllister, was he like five reds or whatever so he can play? Or is he injured? Five yellows. Five yellow sorry, five yellows. This I mean. is this is what's been happening with a lot of players. This this five yellow rule just that's been hurting players too. Well, I think the five yellow rule has been around for a while. It's just there's so many more yellows. Being That's what I'm saying. Issued. Yeah. So many crazy. more. For descent. There's so many descent yellows. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, freedom of speech. They've got to bring that to the premiership. <laughs> uh, That's in <that's> MLS. <laughs> it was interesting that uh, Gakpo got the start in the midfield again. I, th- I thought that was like a failed experiment, but I guess not. I guess he's still, that's still something that they'll do every now and again. It could have been because of McAllister was out. That's probably what it was. But Liverpool played really well again. Uh, they played really good football. You know, his uh, reconstruction of that midfield really shows. Um, Attacking-wise, you're going to have Salah. You're going to have a chance to win games. And if Nunes is doing what he's doing, and Jota has been consistent too, uh, this this Liverpool side, they're a good team. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be up there. And they're suddenly like in the title race too. They're suddenly like right there. They're, what, they're in third, tied for tied for points with uh, Tottenham. I think no, they're tied for oh, points with Arsenal. Arsenal. Tied for points with Arsenal. Yeah, so they're suddenly right in there. Pretty good. Uh, that that front line looks fluid. Uh, Liverpool, we were doubting their defense, like you mentioned, Enz, but Liverpool and Arsenal conceded the least amount of goals, ten goals apiece. Um, on the Brentford side, what do we think? I, I was surprised that uh, Malpe didn't get a start. I thought that, but you know, it looked like they went with a back five, and yeah. so that kind of made that not well, doable. But... They've done this time and time again this year, where they've been playing a top side instead of playing their their football, which is you know pretty pretty fast attacking football. They've they've gone to that back five. I think it's hurting them more than anything else. So, I... but they beat Chelsea doing that. Yeah. But yeah, it's not top side, but all right. They looked like a top side against Tottenham last week. Oh yeah, so. against nine players. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Keith, remember like few, a little bit ago, you were asking if you want to go easy on, let up on an Enzo or not. <laughs> I don't want you to go easy on me. You know this, man. Well, this is football. There's, there's no, there's no crying in football. Do you guys say your note? Another bad week for West Ham and Bembo. And Bembo, it wasn't bad. It just was like I feel like he has this weird thing where he like even on the weeks where he's not playing well, he's still scoring like you know, he's still scoring like a serviceable amount of points he did seven and a half points he did have like three weeks in a row where he was double digits and going oh, like, 20 yeah, plus like falling yeah. out yeah uh but for him it's um both of those i feel like they got off to such a great start and then they cooled off then they've been very streaky up and down the whole year i think i think wiss has been particularly streaky and he's been on a run of three games sub five, five you know five or below which is not good. Not ideal. Anyone else on the Brentford side that we really care about? No, no, in this not game. Really, huh? nope. Not this game. All right, moving on. West Ham 3, Nottingham Forest 2. I texted you guys. I had way too many people playing in this game. Like, I had like an uncomfortable amount. You know what I mean? Where I was like, oh, like I really am going to watch this game and care a lot about what happens. But getting five goals out of it worked mm-hmm. out. Yeah, you said they had to score a lot of goals. And they scored, and they scored five. Five worked. Five worked. West Ham got the win after three losses in a row. I didn't realize that. Three losses in a row, huh? But Ketter scored. He scored. A, he got a goal in midweek, too, in Europe. 
Jared Bowen scores two in a row, three in his last four. He has some crazy uh, record like with away. They're at home this week, but he's scored like seven away away games in a row or something like that. No, really, so, some crazy record. Bowen. Wow. He's actually ranked ninth for the year. Yeah. Suchek scores. James Ward Prowse had obviously twenty five point five points, two assists, both from corner, both from corners. Awoni scored on his third game back. I was really happy to see that, but I think that goal was mostly about Morgan Gibbs White making a good run and taking that shot and won't necessarily to collect it. But I thought that was really important for Gibbs White. I feel like he's been really struggling with confidence ever since ever since he got traded to my team from Enzo's team. He's been kind of sucking. So it was good to see him get some uh, good to see him get some positivity back in his uh his orbit, you know? Yeah, I think Eze scored more points in his two games than Gibbs has in the last four. Yeah, it's not been the best uh, of choices. We'll talk about that later in the last segment. <laughs> Alonga scored. I thought Alonga looked really good. Alonga ran Kufal ragged down that side. Kufal got a yellow pretty early, and then the rest of the game, you could tell he was just struggling to keep up with Alonga, especially with Kelm hudson Adoy out. I think this is the forest front three moving forward. Uh, I think Muhammad Kudus is such a good player. Like we'll see if he can translate that into like consistency, but like he's just so smooth on it, and he's so strong on the ball and the way he moves. I really like him. Yeah, okay. Let's let's keep moving then to the game of the week, huh? This was the this is the big one. This is the big Manchester one. Manchester City, Chelsea. Chelsea four, Manchester City four. Very back and forth affair. City scored forced on a very questionable penalty. Chelsea then equalized and then went ahead two one after uh Thiago Silva corner uh, headed off a corner and then a little tap in from Sterling after uh a bad giveaway that Reese James slotted over to him. And then a kanji equalized with a header where he just was totally left wide open for that. It was just it was just chaos, huh? Like how many go like so many goals? Like how many times do you see top teams play and end up four four like this? Not often. What's what's crazy is I feel like there was there could have been a lot more goals, but there was good defending and some very good saves. There was. Like there was there was a one opportunity in the first half where Holland looked like clean away. I thought it was a sure goal. And Sanchez got down and made such a good reaction save. I feel like the the position that Holland was in, he scores that nine, nine times, times out of ten. 10 yeah. yeah. Did and you guys like, see maybe, Holland scored a goal with his balls? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I, how you I do it. Like, you gotta play like small for like, each. <laughs> <laughs> I was like hoping I was like oh maybe he's like his hand I was like hope really like I was like getting really close to my TV to watch that replay I was like oh maybe hit his hand or something and all of a sudden it's just like nope I just have to stare at his nuts so how bad time. is it now when people score goals we're looking at we're, we're just like well like there has to be something wrong with this yeah it's, <laughs> what could possibly be wrong how can we take this away from that you're fucking oh my god so this was like up there I kind of joked like Chelsea's like like remember that old slogan for TNT like TNT we know drama yeah <laughs> remember that it's like Chelsea Chelsea's like Chelsea we know drama <laughs> the last two games have just been so dramatic yeah I, I felt so. so bad for Thiago Silva for the deflection I mean he was kind of at fault for the Kanji goal too he he let a Kanji get behind him get a half yard behind him too yeah. well so. they let him go free for his goal so he kind yeah. of returned the favor uh, I did not I was surprised to see this uh, he was became the fourth oldest goal scorer in the history of EPL I thought the fourth I thought he was the oldest ever no fourth no, no, oldest so, no he was the oldest in the last 10 years but I oh, went okay. back to the database uh, yeah 39 years of age in 51 days. Do you remember the Six Flags commercials when we were growing up where it's like the old guy like doing the crazy <laughs> dancing? <laughs> yeah. 
I was having visions of like Tiago Silva kind of being like that guy. I'm not, if you, if for no people idea. that don't know, there's like these commercials for this like amusement park out here where they put like a like a dancer in an old man suit and would have him like dance around. It was really funny. And that, that was, was a big Tiago marketing Silva. campaign for them. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, probably so, the, sort. the oldest goal scorer for them is uh, for the history of EPL is Teddy Sheringham. Teddy Sheringham. He's a Tottenham guy. He was a he was a coach for a while there, right? Yeah, and he won. He won. He's the one that scored the goal in the uh, that crazy final for Man United in the Champions League against Bayern Munich. He was forty years old in two hundred sixty four days. He's the only forty year old player to score a goal in the EPL. Little fun fact. Wow. Little fun fact. That is a fun fact. Really fun fact. No, no, I got no fun fact about Sheringham. Okay, hit us. Sure. It's not really a fun fact. He well, hit, you got to tell us. Well, he hit on both my cousins who were like he, when he was like forty <laughs> at a club. And how old are they? How old are they? They're in their early twenties. He's a freaking Wait, puff. What happened? Well, he he, he went. hit on two of my cousins in, at this in the same night at a nightclub in London. I was there. I was fangirling over him, and then he were you on, jealous because he didn't yeah, hit on he, you? Yeah, he hit on me. He hit on my two cousins. <laughs> I was like, "Come on, mate, let's be best friends." You're like, "Hey, can I buy you? Can I buy you?" He was actually my favorite player. Growing up, he was one of my favorite Tottenham players. He was he was a big reason why I was playing football. Good player. That's awesome. Um, Holland now with two goals in this game. Obviously, one with his balls and the other one on the PK spot. Uh, well, he had he had thirty eight point five points this week. Is yeah. that right? Two goals and an assist. So he's he's now he's and you're saying now he's a high scoring player again. He's back. He's reta- yeah. He's reta- back on top. Retain the the mantle. Yeah. How do we not talk about him as stats? Because it's not good enough, Keith. <laughs> not good enough. Yeah. No, it's expected, probably what. But uh, he now is, what, one goal behind uh, Harry Kane for most goals in Europe for a top-flight league? I think so. Harry Kane's, what, scored three hat-tricks so far? So he's got to keep doing that if he's going to keep ahead of Holland. <laughs> Are we uh, – there's no fears for Holland. No. He's just, he's just a machine. He's a beast. I think Holland's making it hard to be a striker for every, every other striker. Because hmm. like now, like Hoyland and Jackson, all these guys are coming in, and then they're expected just to be so freaking good because they're like the he's the standard. It's amazing, I, honestly. There's you run out of words to describe how amazing this guy is. The stuff he does, the work he puts in, and apparently, like just listening to Grealish um, talk about him is like the guy that never wants to go out and drinking or partying with him. He just wants to work out and stay fit. It's funny they're good friends too outside of football. You always see them together. Um, I thought that when Raji scored that goal in the rain, that was a deflection off Silva. I thought that was game set and match. I did not think Chelsea had this it in him. So I was so impressed then when uh when Broha came in and drew that penalty. What a penalty by Palmer. Yeah, I mean not only that, but there was so much time. Like every single one of the penalties he scored, it's been so much. It's been such high pressure, and it's been so like drama, like a little bit of a fight, like a little bit of a delay. You know what I mean? Like he and he's just been ice cold. They're, they're calling him. They're calling him ice coal. What do you I guys like think that. about that? Ice coal. Put some like cold in the background. Fucking penalties, man! It's a fucking penalty. And so you'd be sh- you'd be up there shaking if you were in that position. You, gotta, you, gotta be, you mean I scored for- the winning penalty for us? I missed one also, but I did score one. Hey, I'm the only one. I'm the only one of the three of us that didn't miss a penalty in our uh, soccer league. Uh, let the record out. show. I didn't take a penalty. Let the record show. Okay, fair enough. So you're talking about uh, it's just a penalty, scored a penalty, making a big deal. I'm going to bring up some bad memories for you. Was it Harry Kane who went up and scored two penalties? He made the first one, he missed the second one? I think it was for England a couple of years yeah, ago. Fr- well, it was in, yeah, against France. It wasn't a couple of years ago. It was oh. last year. 
Okay. It's just a penalty. It's just a penalty. Like, come on. It's still, it's not that easiest thing. It's not. It's not, but um, you got a better chance of scoring a penalty than you do in open play. Of course. You it's do. harder to score in open play than it is from a penalty. It's just you and the keeper. Of course. But we're saying that it's, it takes some balls. It takes some balls the to balls. do this. It takes some balls to do it, but it's not like he's doing anything reckless. What happens when he doesn't get a penalty in the next four or five games? Then maybe hopefully he'll score in the round of play, which he hasn't done yet, but hopefully he will. It's the hope that kills you. It's the hope that kills you. Yeah, so kind of talking about Chelsea, like I thought Sterling looked so good this game. He looked phenomenal. Cole Palmer again looked really, really good. And when you look at his, since he started, like kind of broke into the team, He's played six games. He's had 11 points, 19 and a half, 13 and a half, 10, 26, 14 and a half. That's like elite, solid numbers. And it's been, it's been against good teams too. Really impressed with him. I know, I know you're in a, you don't love him, Enzo. Are you, uh, what, are you coming around a little bit or not at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Keith, we, we talked about who's happy of the uh, of having the international break. I feel like ch- if you're Chelsea, you kind of want to keep playing. You don't want the international break to come up. Uh, that's eight goals in the last two games. I think they scored like 21, 22 for the whole year. So it's pretty impressive. And they're getting con- contribution from different players. Um, you know, Silva, Sterling, Jackson, Cole Palmer, obviously. Um, yeah. And Gallagher's getting involved. So... It's this is a. I think this is more of the Chelsea side that we thought uh, prior to the year that they would be more uh, competitive and they would be able, able to score more. And they're getting uh, thinking back to right uh, and Cuckoo. Yeah, so he's he should he's coming back to. He's potentially coming back like as early as the end of the break. Like you know, like he could be back for the next games. Maybe not starting, but he could be back. So that's that's so exciting, you know? Uh, yeah, I feel really good about it. I also wanted to point out, like, on the City side, just how uh, Doku's been so on fire the last four weeks and looked like a – like, was, like, absent. I feel like Reese James, Cole Palmer just totally nullified nullified him. Did City look better with Doku on there or, or with uh, Jack Grealish? That's a good question. I don't know. Enzo, what do you think? Doku looked better. You think that Doku looked better? Doku, Doku's looked better every time. That's why Grealish has had a hard time getting back in the team. Um, but I thought Doku didn't do much. He didn't do much this game. He's supposed to be the guy that like breaks the line. I think you forget how good of a defender Reese James is, too. He's such a good defender. He's so calming in that defense. You don't pa- he doesn't panic. Um, he doesn't even look he – he has no emotion on his face. The guy's a true professional. Strength, speed doesn't doesn't really doesn't have a shortcoming as a right back. Truly. Before we move on, we move on. Um, and can you say something positive about Chelsea? Just one nice thing. It's too soon. Is it? It's, it's, been, been, soon. A, it's been a week. It's been six days, seven days. I'm, I'm already like trying not to. I've been like I've been holding back, trying to because I don't want to seem like an asshole. Keith, I think what happened is when. When Chelsea scored four goals, he had flashbacks of last week of just four goals going in. <laughs> it's like PTSD, like a war trauma. Yeah. Don't get wrong. Um, I, we said I said this at the beginning of the season, did I not? That Pochettino needed time to develop this team and to yeah. get the players to where he wanted them to play. It doesn't yeah. happen overnight. You know, what I mean, he had you. He's again. He doesn't have European football, but you got to remember, he's got all that stuff that comes with Chelsea, with all the players that they bought, and trying to make it work with what they have. I've said that Chelsea doesn't have bad players. They got a lot of good players, but do they have a good team? 
And it's about what Pochettino can do. And you can already see that he's starting to create a culture there in the way they play. I think Cole Palmer is probably one of the only players that he, he himself probably bought. Am I, am I right on that before he came? Or, did, or was there other players that came? No, you're right. Caicedo, yeah. But I don't know how much that was Pacho, that was just the hierarchy. No, yeah, it's a yeah. more hierarchy, I feel. I also want to point out Nico Jackson got another goal this week, so a hat trick last week, and then another one. It was it was it was a poacher's goal, but you got to score those. And in the past, he hasn't been scoring a lot of those, so it was really good to see. He had a couple of really good moments where he just has quick feet, and I'm back to liking him. Um, are we worried about anyone on City? Are you just, no. Do you think this was just kind of one of those just games? They'll just return. Dude, they scored four goals. They just let in four, which is, you know, not really hard off. Yeah, it's undirected. And then KDB said he might be back uh, early December. And it'd be interesting to see where he fits in the team as well. It will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see, like, can you bench Julian Alvarez? Or is it is it is it Silva? Is it Silva that comes out? You're not... The way Bernardo's playing, I think Bernardo's more of a key component to Man City with KDB in there than... Alvarez because they've got a goal scorer in Haaland and with KDB there he's just going to score more goals could also be Foden hopefully not as long as it's not Doku <laughs> I don't I don't think Doku's going to leave this place he's going to be rotation we already know that he's going to be rotation but I think Doku's the I think Doku's the most likely to lose his spot but it's not not because of KDB but just in general I think you know what I mean. Like he's the he's the one with Grealish breathing down his neck. He's the one that's most likely if he starts to dip in form. If he has a few more performances, like he played today, like he played on Sunday, he's so gonna he's him. gonna lose that spot. Yeah, yeah. What'd you say? So I should trade him. You should trade him. You should trade him to me. No kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I actually Doku is who I was trying to get when I tried to trade James Ward, when I tried to trade James Ward Prowse, but the guy had no interest. But uh. This week showed him, right? Yeah, slap in the face there. Slap in the face. All right, but you got to say, Chelsea just uh, this looks so good against good teams and just looks so mediocre against mediocre teams. Interesting. We'll see, we'll see what happens. All right, moving on to our last segment of the week. It's called No Regrets. So I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you guys, and I'll start so you guys have a minute to think about it. What's one player you regret drafting? One player you regret dropping, one player you regret not picking up for waivers, and one player you regret trading. And you don't have to have all of them. Just like, just think about it a little bit. Because I, I have one for every single one. Because I over I overthink about everything. I think for me, my draft regret was drafting uh, Cody Gakpo, Gakpo, in our league. And I, I only because we were having this debate about who's going to be behind Salah, who's going to be the most important Liverpool player. And I thought Gakpo because of just sheer minutes played because I thought he was going to be the striker. But when we were drafting, even though I'd said Gakpo, I was so tempted to still take Nunez. I was still so tempted, and I like kind of talked myself into Gakpo, and I just really regret not taking Nunez there. What about you guys? Do you have any? Who's a draft regret that you guys have? I've got a couple. Who's the biggest one? Probably the goalkeeper Emilio Martinez. I drafted him in both my leagues. <laughs> Where is he in the in the goalkeeper hierarchy right now? I don't know. He's not up there though, is he? Not he relevant. No, he's not relevant. They and the other had a one, sheet in like six matches, he had that own goal. He's the eighteenth rank, eighteenth rank keeper. Jeez. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't think I drafted him early. He's just that was a bad goalkeeper. Is that, there's no way that was your worst. That's the what you. That's who you regret the well, most. I have I have another one who's only played one game. 
And I Who's had that? to drop him. Ramsey from Aston Villa. He, he was my. He was one of the ones I wanted. He's one of the ones I thought was going to come uh, back in August, uh, early October, and he was going to tear it up. And he just got injured again. So I haven't, you know, I haven't been able to use him. It's uh, big risks when you pick up an injured player. Oof. What about you, Chico? Sure. Any so big regrets? I'm, I'm looking at the draft, and from the last nine rounds, eight of the players are not on my team. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of standard, though, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I would say uh, Kluvert, just because I drafted him just based off of his name. Kluvert, for fuck's Clive sake! Sure. You say it how you say it. I say it how I say it. No, that's how you say his name. Tico, you don't regret you don't regret drafting Rasmus Holland in the second round. Holland in the second round. Well, that's that was regret. another league, so I'm looking at our main league. Okay. But uh, yeah, if we're looking at that league, then yeah. You know, we got drafting Gabriel Jesus in the third, Tico? At the time, I thought I was getting good value. Uh, it, for him, it's just been injuries. I'll tell you why I don't regret drafting in the fourth round. Dog this fucking Louise. <laughs> we get it. We get it. All right. Um, the next one. A drop regret. So who's someone you regret that you had that you regret dropping? Fuck. I've... I've I... I picked up um, not in our main league, but in the other league, I picked up Bernardo Silva. I can't remember where I where I picked him up at, and then I dropped him. I picked him on the sixth round. You you dropped him, and I dropped that fucker like an idiot. Mine is um, I I picked up Cole Palmer early and had him for like two or three weeks, and then I had an injury, and I was like, I just didn't. He hadn't really been starting, even though I thought he looked really good. I felt like I had to drop him, and then he popped off, and he's been fucking great ever since. So mm-hmm. I really drop. I really regret, I regret dropping him. And I was literally like his number one cheerleader too, and I still dropped him like a chump. Like a chump. Tico, anyone come to mind? Uh, no one comes to mind. Uh, I think I didn't drop any of my top players, and I just had a rotation. And I don't think I picked like a had a wave of wire diamond in the rough that I dropped afterwards. So I can't think of anyone off the top. All right, is there anyone that you guys regret not picking up off waivers? I think for me, the biggest one is um, Pedro Neto. He, yeah, I saw him on I saw him on waivers, and I literally was like, "Oh, like I like Neto. I kind of want to pick him up." And then I was like, "Oh, do I really need that like a fourth or a fifth forward on my team?" And I was like, "I have Joe Pedro. I have Nico Jackson. I have um, Marcus Rashford. I don't need Pedro Neto too." And like, of course, all three of them like. <laughs> I guess other than other than Jackson now, but like before that, like they've been all under they're all underperforming and I just it was like just icky. I felt icky for a while for not doing that. No oh, man. You guys any anyone? No, that's probably the only one. Cause he I s I didn't see him, but when he was doing well we should have looked and we, I didn't. So uh, um Brennan Johnson's Palmer. another one. Cole Palmer, yeah, but like, did you did you see that coming? I mean, this is supposed to be people like more like people you kind of saw you saw it coming before it happened. Yeah, you were telling talking about him way before he was starting. And uh, I remember Enzo was saying, "Oh, he's not going to make a difference. City sold him. He's not that good." But he's came on and just scoring penalty after penalty. <laughs> yeah, hey, he'll keep scoring him. Keep putting him up. You got to score him. Mm-hmm. What about trade regrets? Do you guys have any so far? Do you have any regrets from uh, trades you made? Fucking Vieira. Trading for Vieira. Yeah, trading McAllister for Vieira. That was my third round pick. Yeah, he was a boss, but he's still doing better than freaking Vieira. 
That's, that's my only one. All my other trades were good. Really? How do you feel uh, about the Richarlison and uh, Nico Jackson trade? Uh, yeah, that wasn't that good. Well, either. I got rid of. Well, that was more than Richarlison on there. It was the defender. No, who's injured? Yeah, but he just got injured, so I didn't regret that. That's an injury. Okay. I'm just it's not like he was playing bad. It's not like he was playing. No, great. but you're making a silly point. You're just trying to small cuts. That's what you're trying to do right now. Small cuts, microaggressions. <laughs> I'm just asking you a question. Word, word I, do have, I do have a, a trade regret. Uh, trade away Haaland, who's the top player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forgot it's, about that. But, I mean, my team has done much better since the trade just because I got more depth uh, overall. Mm-hmm. You got four players or five players for Haaland? Four players. Bruno. Fernandez. You got Anthony Gordon. You got Regulian. Regulian. And you got I had... Else. A Wony. And you also got a Wony? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's a crazy trade. I, I gave up Holland and someone else. I don't even remember who the other person is. That's how uh, irrelevant they were to me at the time. Uh, <laughs> but, like, for example, when you look at this week, uh, Holland outscored everyone else I got in that trade package. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, you're not, you can't bank on, I mean, you can, but it's not going to work out every week where he scores 30 plus. No. And overall, I think I did win the trade, um, or at least what my team needed at the time. But it's just Holland's so such a fun player to have in fantasy. You're never out of it. Yeah, you're never yeah. out of it. It's so true. Um, do you think it's always better? I feel like it's almost always better to be getting this. I think your trade, Tico, is so lopsided. This isn't the case, but most trades, it's almost always be getting better to be getting the the single player, right? I'd almost always rather be getting a single good player than two. It just sort of, it just puts you in a dilemma. But yeah. the, the the thing is with my trade is why I think I won the trade is he also gave up Bruno Fernandez. Yeah. Who's fully. a top five, top ten player. And fully, fully. Yeah. So I think I also have that player that could give me 20, 20 plus points any any given week. Uh and Manchester United is kind of trending upwards, hopefully. So uh I just regret not having Haaland on my team. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Do you want to wrap it up by looking at the uh, the standings and uh, just checking who's in first place in the league? God, both of you are above to, me now. Is that a good both way to wrap it up? I'm in sixth freaking place. Yeah, more, two losses. Are you are you four? You're f- wait. How many losses in a row are you? Three, Three losses, losses in a row. <laughs> Three oh, losses in a row so. in this league, and then in the other league, I think I've got uh, two losses in a row. And Tico, you're in a you're in a four game winning streak. Yeah, you're, you're hot. Burning. <laughs> Flaming hot. I'm burning. Oh, hot. We're going to use that again. You're hot right now. But ultimately, I'm in first place. Everyone's chasing. Did you guys notice I changed my icon to be Muhammad Ali looking down after he knocked someone out? Before, it was the dude. It was uh, someone looking up. I'm not sure. The, the little things I do to humor myself. <laughs> what, what, when I look down, I see Enzo. Remember when you were on on your high? You thought you know you ran the world fantasy in the EPL. You were you were doing the I'm king of the world. I'm yeah. king of the world. I told you your yeah. point score is not that high. Your team is not that good. Oh, it's first place. Look at the standings. Look at the standings now. Yeah, look at the standings now. Can you pull up the standings, or do you want us to tell you how to pull up the standings? No, I can. No, I got the standings. Um, <laughs> It's still early on in the season. We're not even halfway through the season, so and it's still tight up there, honestly. Yeah, win and loss, win and loss. So we'll see. It, 
I made a I made a bad choice. I I try I forgot to change put Trossard in when I because I was I was busy at work, so I couldn't put Trossard in and I couldn't put Harrison in. That would have won me one of my games this week, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Okay, we're gonna next week is international break, but we're gonna come on and give you some. Uh, what do you guys think? We'll give them some highlights for the coming week, like things to look out for. Yeah. Anything else you want? To, anything else for them to look forward for for next week? We'll be making fun of uh, Enzo and Tottenham some more. Okay. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I look forward that. to it. All right, well, that wraps it up. My name is Keith. I'm with Tico and Enzo. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and like and subscribe wherever you can. All right, thanks for following. Oh. <laughs> All right. guys. All right. Good that stuff. was fun. It's that was fun. fun. I feel like we got. I feel like we got our highest ratings when I've been depressed. So. <laughs> <laughs>